This episode is sponsored by ByHeart. And I feel like I need to preface what I'm going to say with this. I'm a huge advocate of breastfeeding. Anyone who knows me well knows that nursing is something I believe in. And all five of our biological children were breastfed until they were 19 to 23 months old. However, we also have fostered and adopted, and I've been so grateful for formula companies in those situations. I'm also grateful for formula companies because our last two biological children, I really struggled with my supply and did all the things, spent so much time and effort, and just was never able to produce enough for them to be able to gain weight and not be hungry. And so I was so grateful for companies like Byheart. Byheart is an infant nutrition company built from the ground up to deliver real innovation on behalf of babies and parents. Their mission is simple, make the best formula in the world. Using the latest in breast milk science, Byheart created a clinically proven, easy to digest infant formula that's made with organic, grass-fed whole milk, certified clean ingredients, and features a patented protein blend that gets closest to breast milk. They're made with certified clean ingredients. It has no soy, corn syrup, GMOs, or palm oil. Curious about Byheart? Redeem your welcome offer at byheart.com forward slash podcast with code crystal for a limited time. Additional terms and conditions apply. So go to byheart.com forward slash podcast and use crystal to get your welcome offer. Welcome to the Crystal Pain Show, where we help you embrace your life right where you are and give you practical steps to get to where you want to go. Whether you are in your car, folding laundry, cooking, cleaning, or maybe even just enjoying a cup of coffee and a few minutes of quiet, we're so glad you're joining us today. Here's your host, wife, mother of four, foster mom, entrepreneur, and author, Crystal Payne. Welcome to another episode of The Crystal Pain Show. Today, we are going to do our much-loved quarterly Answering Your Burning Questions episode. And we have some interesting questions. Jesse, I'm not going to completely spring them on you this time because you always have a little complaining about me springing them on you. So we actually talked about them ahead of time and wrote down a few notes, but it's still going to be by the seat of our pants somewhat as well, because I think that adds a little bit more levity and interest. Yeah, makes it more interesting. But I've got a question for you, Jesse. We learned something new this morning about the phrase, eat crow, didn't we? Yes. And I did not know that this was a phrase that not everyone in the world said. I just assumed, I don't know, was, did your family say that phrase growing up? Like, I just thought everybody knew what the phrase eat crow meant. Yeah, I heard it all the time. And I said it yesterday on my Instagram stories and then kept getting messages from people being like, what does it mean to eat crow? <laughs> And so you and I looked it up this morning, didn't we? You want to tell the people what we discovered? Well, discovered that it was actually, people think it comes from a couple of different places, but um, that it's a mid-1800s origination. And basically saying that because eating a crow is something that is not very appetizing, shall I say, 
not something that you want to do. It's hard to do, hard to get down, that it's the same as when somebody is swallowing their pride or um, been humiliated. It's hard to hard to, <laughs> hard to swallow. I laughed because when I was reading about it, it, the particular article I was reading talked about why do all these idioms that we have have to do with food or eating, like eating your pride or eating your hat? Or swallowing your words, sticking your foot in your mouth. But ikro is apparently an antiquated phrase. And I realized that I sort of date myself by using it because a lot of people who were over 40 wrote in and said, oh, I use that phrase all the time. But most of the people who wrote in and didn't have a clue what it was. I listen. Listen. They were younger than me. It's lit. So... I don't think the phrase lit is it's, it's, an, it's rad is in anymore, no, but I, I, I still say cool beans. Gnarly. So my question to everyone listening is, have you heard the phrase eat crow before? Do you know what it means? Is it something that you use or is that just a crazy weird phrase that makes no sense to you? We have something that is, is not us eating crow. There's no good. <laughs> no good segues. We're just going to talk about what's saving our life this week. And this week, again, we have a duo, same product that we want to talk about. Last week, we talked about he reads truth, she reads truth, and how we're doing that for our devotions. But just earlier today, we were having a discussion about this item in our home that we recently purchased and how much of a difference it's making. And, and I don't know how we lived without it. I don't know, but... Did we ever have anything like it with the others? No, we didn't. And so I think that's why. I think I'm a little stubborn that I'm like, well, we had... Whoa, 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 whoa. Okay, a lot stubborn. Okay, but better. we had three kids and they survived just fine and we never had one of these. And so we're good. But we finally broke down and got a baby monitor. And it's more one of the high... I wouldn't say high end because it wasn't, ex- Not at wasn't all. but it's more of the, I don't even know if they make traditional baby monitors anymore. Back in the day, think, we used to have those so. little, there's like, a lot of these on there. We had a little, that little box thing you'd have in the baby's room. And it then you like walkie talkie. And then you have the little walkie talkie. Yeah. It's much fancier now. But what I started to say, for instance, when the Catherine was a baby, we didn't need a monitor because mm-hmm. our. <laughs> No matter where we were right in our tiny door. little apartment, we were basically mm-hmm. in the same room with her because we had our apartment was small enough that you could plug in the vacuum in one outlet and you could vacuum the whole apartment. So then with Caitlin, we did have our house was a little bit bigger, but still. Mm-hmm. And then um, with Silas, same Duplex, thing. It just, yeah. yeah. So I was realizing that we didn't probably have such a need for them because. It was just, they would be right wherever we would be. We would be able to hear them. But in Mm -hmm. this house, especially because I work in the basement a lot, and then, you know, she's upstairs in our room. Actually, her bed is in our walk-in closet right now. I can't, I can't hear her. And so that had been causing some issues with when she would be asleep. And so finally you broke down and got this video baby monitor and it has been amazing. Mm -hmm so helpful and it's just 
I, I'm like, how did we live without this? I don't know. And that was ridiculous. So now we're big fans. But you looked online to try to find the exact yeah, one that we it. had. And, you know, so. Yeah, I bought it from Walmart and I looked at the Walmart website or app and couldn't find it there anywhere. And I looked on Amazon and couldn't, <laughs> couldn't find it there either. So. But it was just a very inexpensive video baby monitor. Yeah. And the thing that I like about it is also that not only can you see her on it, mm-hmm. but then you can, it has lights on it. So if she's crying, if she's making any noise, it lights up as mm-hmm. well. That so way you have the visual too. if I'm doing a video or I'm some, in some way I can't have it turn on, I can still see with the mm-hmm. lights that there's noise being made. And so I like that it kind of has multiple cues. Plus you can play different noises and, mm-hmm. or Birds. you can actually talk to her through it mm-hmm. if you want to. So, you know, but, and it, it was not very expensive. I would have expected that it cost a lot more. Not at all. It, it also, you can connect your phone to it and actually use your phone as a baby monitor. I did not know that. Mm-hmm. So you could actually have multiple. Mm-hmm. So that way, so you, well, you can, you can have multiple cameras and put them in different parts of the house. If you want to do that, hook them up to the same system and all three video feeds show up. Oh, that's in, really cool. In that app. And then, um, but also your, the phone, the video feed on the phone looks exactly like on the video monitor portal handheld device that is provided to you. So that's cool. Well, if anyone knows of a similar one that you have or that you've seen, or let recommend. Us- that, or that you would recommend, let us know because I don't have anything to link to. I would say it's in the show notes, but it's not because we can't seem to find it anywhere. So that's what's saving our life this week. Jesse, you said you don't have a book update. Nope. But I do. I've actually been listening to a lot of audiobooks recently. I figured out there's some different things that I do during my work day that I can listen to audiobooks while I do them. So that's been fun. And I just finished... The Things We Cannot Say by Kelly Rimmer. It's not from a Christian perspective, but it is one of those novels where it is a modern day and historical fiction that is melded together in this really beautiful story. And the first few chapters, I almost just stopped listening because I wasn't getting really the story, but I'm so glad that I didn't because it ended up just being this this deeply moving story. And not only was the historical fiction piece really moving, but then also the modern day story. It was a mom who has a child who is on the autism spectrum and just walking through what that was like and how that affected her, how it affects their family, how it affected their other child, how it affected their marriage. It just helped me to kind of have more empathy for moms who are walking through that. And so I really appreciated that aspect of it. I did want to mention that the book, it contains a little bit of crass language. It was very minor. I would have expected more, but there was a little bit of that in there. So again, it was The Things We Cannot Say by Kelly Rimmer, and we will link to that in the show notes. All right, Jesse, you ready to dive into these questions? Feet first. First one, very simple, very easy. Does Jesse still do CrossFit? Oh, that's the first one? Um, yes. Well, I mixed them up from what I told you earlier. Uh, yeah, because so. that was, I think, the last one. I thought, let's start out with an easy one, okay? Because mm-hmm. there's some deep ones here. You still do CrossFit? 
Yes, I do a program called uh, Mayhem Athlete. It's uh, through uh, CrossFit Mayhem in Cookville, Tennessee. And speaking of which, you actually have been putting together a little 15-minute workouts for me as of this week. Mm -hmm. I just got the itch. I'd been walking on the treadmill every single morning pretty much for 25 to 45 minutes. And that's good. It's just kind of a nice wake myself up. I pray mm -hmm. over my day. I read a book and it's just, you know, it's good, but it's not this strenuous workout. And I just kind of been feeling like I want to do something a little bit more, mm -hmm. but I don't want to commit to a big hour long workout session a few times a week. So you're putting together this 15 minute workout for me. Well, I'm not putting it together. Tasia was putting it together. Um, from, from mayhem. mayhem. She's uh, one of their athletes there and she helps do some of the programming, but they have all their programming is very similar in that it follows a, off of, they do a, a very strenuous workout and then they build off of that based upon what the skill level is of the, in the different sections of their program that they have. They've got like five seven different sections of programming. And one of them is a body weight only program called uh, Mayhem 30. And then, then that's what I'm using for you in splitting that in half with uh, right now, because you're just starting out. So, and I think you're also, it's supposed to be of, for 30 minutes. You're kind of tailoring it to mm -hmm. what works for me. Um, and it's only 15 minutes and I've only done two workouts the last few days because you said Monday, Wednesday, Friday that I would do it. And I, it's going to take a little while for me to build up my endurance. Mm -hmm. Let's just say, You'll because it's been 17 months, I think I figured out since mm -hmm. I'd done any more kind of hardcore intensive workout with my, with my pelvic floor therapy, I did a little did. bit of workout stuff, but it was very, stretching very, very mild compared to something that's, you know, like this morning I felt like we were doing kind of plyometric type of stuff. And, um, just that where it's not super high intensity, but it's that yeah. you, for where I'm at, mm -hmm. it's definitely getting my heart rate up and definitely, mm -hmm. you know, I'm working up a sweat and that sort of thing. So it's been good. Okay. Melissa asked, what's your top three tips that you would give your pre-married selves on marriage? Well, first thing I thought of was... Marriage is not 50-50. Mm -hmm. It's 100 and zero. So it, it's all your spouse. I'm kidding. No, it's, it's all yourself. Your perspective <laughs> needs to be. Well, and, and I don't so, think you go into it thinking, well, I'm going to do everything and they're going to do nothing. But right. But, but when, as far as so, so many times, it's like, well, why won't my spouse do X, Y, and Z? And you need to change the mindset that, how can I do more? Mm. And as long as you have that mindset and they have that mindset, it's going to be amazing. Yes. And I think that's one important thing for us when we talk about marriage, you know, to mm -hmm. always have that caveat of that it takes two people, two exactly. people who want to work on your marriage and you can only do what you can only do. And so we're not saying that if you are in a very dysfunctional, abusive marriage, well, you just got to work on yourself. You know, that's, yes, right. you want to work on yourself, but sometimes you also need the other partner to be willing to 
work as well. And if there's sometimes when that's not working and you're going to need to get some professional mm-hmm. help and that sort of thing. But in a marriage where both parties want to work and, you know, a healthy marriage where you're both committed to this and caring and loving your spouse, I think really focusing on yourself, like you said, mm-hmm. 50% of any relationship is 100% you and focusing on staying in your little circle, draw that circle around yourself. And instead of blaming or complaining or saying, well, when they do that, then I will do that. Right. And making it a very transactional sort of relationship. Just focus on yourself. That, I think, and that's a key word, transactional. So many relationships that we have nowadays it all boils down to it's very transactional. It's you do this, I do this for what result. And there's not really love in a transactional relationship. I mean, our relationships with God is like that sometimes. It's viewed as transactional. Well, I think it's it's almost like this vending machine God mm-hmm. where we can have where it's like, well, if he, you know how you hear like people, they're in some terrible situation and they're like, well, if you get me out of this, then I will serve you. Right. And I think it can be the same in business relationships where it's like, you scratch my back, I'll scratch yours. Or in a marriage, it's like, well, he's not pulling his weight. So why should I right. pull my weight? And we're really focusing on the, if this, then that. And instead Stop trying to fix your spouse. Stop expecting that you're only going to do as much as they're going to do. And just focus on what can you do? How can you grow? How can you bless your spouse? And love is sacrifice. And it's laying down your life for someone else. And it's, it's giving up. And it's choosing to stay and it's choosing to show up and it's choosing to love even when you don't like your spouse. We talked about this. We talked about the lessons that we've learned in 18 years of marriage. So I would say that's that's number one. Secondly, goes right hand in hand. What came to my mind was don't try to fix your spouse. Mm-hmm. And then I think that going into marriage, I feel like I had this sort of mentality that I was going to fix you. Like here we're like almost like you were this problem to be solved. And mm-hmm. I was going to come in and I was going to help you in a way that there was kind of some selfishness, but also a lot of pride in my heart. And I think that it also goes along with this third thing that I thought of is that don't expect from a spouse what only God can give. And I think it's so easy. And to go into marriage expecting that a spouse is going to fulfill your deepest longings Mm -hmm. that only God can fulfill. Only God can truly love you unconditionally. A spouse can love you well a lot of the time, but they're never going to be able to love you wholeheartedly 100% of the time. And mm-hmm. so I think when you have that, that your love tank is filled up by God, mm-hmm. then a spouse just brings more joy and, you know, more ability for you both to serve God well together. But it's not like a spouse completes you in a sense, because I feel like I want to be complete in the Lord. And he is my wholeness and my wholeness and my joy is found in him. And 
that it's not found in another person. Well, and, and also when you're looking at another person for that fulfillment, you're putting a lot of pressure on that other person. And they may not know that that expectation is out there. And if they do know, it's a lot of burdens that they're bearing to make sure that, to make you happy. And I think you're probably going to end up pretty disappointed Mm -hmm. (laughs) because marriage is two humans getting married. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's just not going to be anywhere close to perfect. And, you know, this whole happily ever after thing is a myth because there's going to be a lot of days that are really hard. Mm -hmm. And so I think having an honest perspective on what marriage is and that it's love is a choice. Next question. What is your favorite activity to do with each child? I don't know if I have any particular certain activity like like I that I like to do. I can't talk tonight. Like to do with each child. Um, generally, I like Silas and I like going out and doing sports stuff and whether it be baseball or football or fishing or hunting or we just like spending time together and honestly it's very similar to the other other kids as well they just like to spend time together you know find something that we enjoy doing together and you know each one has their their own thing you you've started doing stuff with with the girls that i don't do so i think with the girls you know just being involved in their lives like you Mm -hmm. talked about Tonight, Silas, he has science fair next week, and he has to bring his poster board tomorrow and present in class. And so you were helping him with one part of that, and he's done most of it himself, but he needed, you know, tonight, he just wanted me to come and sit with him as he was gluing the stuff on the board. And so a lot of times I feel like it's in that everydayness of life and just sitting with them, Silas. We always have on Thursday nights, we review, he has a test on Friday mornings, and that's just our thing that we review his verse and his catechism every Thursday night. That's just, you know, and so just kind of having these markers in your week of things that you do and that your child just knows, you know, that you're going to show up for them for that. Um, And Silas, he and I like to talk about entrepreneurial things. He's very entrepreneurial and he likes to show me that sort of thing. And so that's something that we enjoy together. And he teaches me a lot about sports because I don't know a lot. And poor child, he's always like, wait, mom, I'm sorry, what did you just say? Because (laughs) I'm like, refs, umps, I I don't, you know, which board are we on? Or I'll say, make a basket or make a point. And he's like, mom, called a goal or is it called a goal? I don't even know. Like, I don't know which sports you're talking about. Well, anyway, I'm like, is there a sport that is called a goal? Soccer. Okay. Yeah. Well, no, then that's, yeah, no, mm-hmm. we don't usually watch soccer. So see, I'm getting it wrong, but, but I enjoy learning from him and I'll ask him, you know, well, explain that. Why did that happen? And mm-hmm. so I try to come and watch sports sometimes to just you know, have him get to share that with me and with the girls. Then we have some shows that we watch together and really enjoy that. And a lot of it is also, you know, when they get older, it's just talking. Mm-hmm. And then Catherine, we go out driving um, and she enjoys that. And recently we've also been shopping. That's something that the girls really enjoy doing. And so we went thrifting a few days ago and just 
looking for things that they enjoy that that you can do with them and stepping into their world. I think sometimes it's easy to kind of invite them to come into our world. I'm going to go run this errand or I'm going to work on this project. You want to come work with me? And instead of looking for things to say, how can I go step into their world and Mm -hmm. care about what they care about? I was thinking, I was just having a a text conversation with one of Catherine's friends and she was laughing her head off about it and then going upstairs and texting them as well. And, you know, just like you said, just in entering into their life, you know, Mm -hmm. and showing that they're valued. Mm -hmm. Barbara asks, will you ever retire? And if so, what does that look like for you guys? I don't think so. We've, I mean, we've talked about uh, that there's really nothing to retire from. I mean, we're just living life and you can't retire from life. So, Well, I think so much of what we do right now, we love and it's Mm -hmm. so life-giving to us. And I think there's, you know, one, the fact that we have a nine-month-old. So we know that we just the other day were saying, you know, how many years is going to be before she's going to be more independent. And um, so there's that. And then also knowing that there's a very good chance that, you know, our home is open for another baby from foster care. Mm-hmm. We know that that is a very real possibility that can be happening anytime. And we just don't know what the future holds for that. And so I think just living one day at a time and seeking to make the most of it, I do feel like you know, I don't know that moneysavingmom.com is going to be the thing that I'm going to do for the rest of my life. Who knows what God has? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I think there's always going to be something that we're going to be doing, whether it's what we're doing now currently. I don't think that it will be. There's always going to be something to do. We'll still be podcasting together when we're 85 years old. It's um, like- <laughs> yeah, we'll probably look really different. I'm sorry. You will be 86 and I will be 85. Gotcha. Let's paint yeah. that. Or, or even 84. So for a little bit. For a little that. bit, yeah. I w- might not be able to remember how old I am, but just putting it out there right now. Next question. I have been wondering Jesse's thoughts on investing versus paying off a mortgage. I think it depends on where you're at financially, where you're at in your life. Um, and, and I don't know as far as the specifics where this question's coming from, if it's an either or, whether you are investing your money instead of paying your mortgage off and you don't have any other money to invest with, you know, you, you can make the argument that, well, what the market's doing X, Y, and Z, so which would be make more mathematical sense. When I would look at a question like this, it's more so what makes sense personally to you, you know, and how would you feel if you had your mortgage paid off? Would you be at peace with that? You know, would, would that take a load off of your shoulders? Can you, can you put your, even put yourself in that state where you don't have those payments that you're having to deal with? If you think that it would uh, take a huge weight off your shoulders, go with that. Go with what personally make the most sense to you because you can always invest something somewhere else along the line. And honestly, if you get your mortgage paid off, you'll have more money to invest. So either way, I look at it as an investment. I mean, by paying off your mortgage, it's a way of investing. That's how I look at it. And I think sometimes it can also be investing in your future. It's it's a different definition of an investing. 
I think investing in investing in your relationship in the sense of that. I think a lot of couples experience a lot of financial stress that they don't maybe even realize is there and it's hanging over them. I talked to so many couples who just assume you have to have all of these payments. Like this is just part of, there's no way you cannot have a car payment Mm -hmm. or there's no way that you could pay cash for college or something like that. And so I think, you know, to think outside the box, think about what is a priority to your family, do the math on paper. I would say that when it comes to paying off your mortgage, I think it is wise to have a good emergency fund. Don't just throw all of your money at paying off your mortgage and not have any stashed away in case something were to happen. Mm -hmm. I think that that's a wise thing to have a good emergency fund in place. But I know for us, just the freedom that comes from not having payments. And we also find that we were highly motivated. I think when we were renting and saving up to pay cash because we haven't had a mortgage because we've always paid cash for the houses that we've lived in. Uh, but it took us, you know, a lot of work and a lot of sacrifice and a lot of crazy, weird thinking outside the box things that a lot of people are like, you guys have lost your mind to do that. <laughs> but it motivated us mm-hmm. because we had decided that we wanted to try to be crazy and not have a mortgage. Mm-hmm. And so there was so much motivation. But I would also say the fact that we didn't have a mortgage, we didn't you know, buy a house when everybody thought you graduate law school, you pass the bar, you buy a house. That's just what you do. Mm-hmm. And because we didn't do that, instead we chose to rent and save up continue to live on way less than we made and then save as aggressively as we could. I feel like there's so many things that we look back and we see that it, we were highly motivated because we didn't want to be renting for forever. And so Mm -hmm. there was that motivation that was there to think outside the box, the motivation to really work hard and live very frugally. But then also, I think it gave us so much more ability to be nimble in the sense of that there were a lot of unexpected things that happened in our life that we never imagined when it came to job loss and health issues and marriage things and then, you know, pregnancies and more health issues and with the businesses and all of that. And some were good and some were bad, but because we didn't have that we weren't stuck in a house right. that we had to sell and we had to make sure that we had to make X amount of money on it in order to not be upside down. It just gave us so much more freedom mm-hmm. instead of thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars that we would be in the hole. If we had to move somewhere, it was just and thousands take- of dollars, you know, a few thousand dollars to pay off our rent um, lease, you know, to pay off our lease. And then we were, we would be free. And we didn't ever even have to, to do that, but it was just, there was a huge relief off of our shoulders to not have that burden of that. Mm-hmm. So I know that's not about investing. That's a little bit of a rabbit trail, but I just think as a wife who, you know, from my perspective, I know that it's given us so much more peace in our relationship and so much more ability to make outside the box decisions and to be able to kind of up and move certain times and do some things and jump on stuff because we weren't kind of tied down to things. Um, So there's that. And we're going to close with an easy question. And it's actually one for me. 
And this was, did you do your own intro on the podcast, but in third person? This has been bugging me. And people have asked this question so many times. No, I did not do the intro. It is someone else. We hired a voiceover artist. And here's the interesting thing. So little behind the scenes of podcasting. So when we were setting up the podcast and getting everything in place, we were wanting to do an intro for it and we were wanting to have somebody voice it. And I said, I'd really like to have a female. So the podcast production company that we use, Pro Podcast Solutions, they actually sent me links to some different voiceover artists, just some clips. And I just chose one of the people. I didn't know who they were. They, they they didn't send me any sort of resume or anything. It was literally just a little clip, few little clips of them speaking. And I chose the one that I liked that I felt like was a good fit for the voice that we were looking for. And come to find out, then I didn't find this out until I think a year and a half later. This was a woman who had been reading my blog for a long time and actually had written an article on moneysavingmom.com on how to become a voiceover artist. So it was just this whole full circle mm-hmm. sort of thing. So we will have to link to her site in the show notes. Um, but anyway, no, it's not me. It's someone else. I didn't just try to change my voice and talk in the third person. It's actually a professional. The the one professional that we have on the show <laughs> is the, <laughs> the intro. So we're so grateful. I believe her name is Carrie, and we're really grateful that she was willing to do that. And then it was just interesting how... It was someone that there was a connection with. So she said she was super excited when it came through that she was going to get to do the the podcast intro for us. And so, and then she did the second, I found this out when she did the second intro for us when we revamped it because we unexpectedly had another child. Mm-hmm. So anyway, there's that. Thanks for joining us today. Thanks for joining us for a hodgepodge of topics. Although I feel like we kind of always have a hodgepodge of topics. You never know quite what you're going to get when you tune in. I like to keep y'all guessing. I hope you're having a great week and we will be back next week and we look forward to talking with you. And as always, we love hearing from you. If you have any thoughts on anything that we've talked about in this episode or any questions that you'd love for us to address or topic suggestions for future episodes, send an email to crystal at moneysavingmom.com. Thank you for joining us today. For more great resources, please visit crystalpain.com.